0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Celtic Preacher podcast 192. You know, you never really know what's going on in another person's life, do you? I mean, I think it's because most of the time we are looking at the outer appearances. So if someone appears you know, kind of happy and somewhat stable and successful. We assume that everything must be going okay. And, and then, you know, sometimes people do things or say things and it's like, wow, I never saw that coming. Have you had that experience? It's like, really? and I, I never saw that coming. It's like I, I had no idea that their marriage was falling apart, that they're getting a divorce. I had no idea. I never saw it coming. Or I, I really didn't know he was depressed. Or well, I never saw that. Or I never, I never knew she was angry. It was just out of the blue. I, I never saw any of that. And I think what happens is, is that we people are really good at projecting an image. And that image that we project to the world, and, and sometimes we, you know, fool ourselves at this too, you know, that image is really important to us. Even though the image isn't necessarily true, right? Even though the image isn't necessarily real, it's kind of made up, but this is what people do. We have, we, we have this self that we show the world. And it's, it's like a protection of sorts. You know, it's, uh, you know we don't want to be hurt or we don't want to be known too, too much by the wrong kinds of people. So we can kind of keep people at arm's length and protect yourself. We think this image will keep us safe. Now, here's the thing about uh, an awakened life, a, a spiritual life that starts to set us free, as Jesus would say. Jesus and his teachings, has a, he has a persistent way of uncovering what is true in our lives and what is not true if we hang around long enough. Sometimes Jesus, in his teaching, sometimes his teaching isn't welcome. And the reason that it's not welcome is because there are certain things that we don't want to look at in our lives. There are are times and seasons for certain things. And if we're not ready to look at some of the things in our lives that cause us a lot of pain, or hold us back in some way, uh, we're not really going to welcome any kind of prodding of our conscience or God or any kind of teaching that's going to unearth stuff that we're trying to hide, right? But really, when you think about it, a growing, maturing spiritual emotional life is always unearthing stuff that we would prefer to keep hidden so yeah it's just good to remember that that you know not all of Jesus teaching is going to be welcomed with open arms it wasn't in his day and it certainly isn't today you know people don't want the exposure we don't want the exposure So spiritual growth isn't really for the faint of heart. It will literally make a grown man or woman cry, as we will see in our text today. Because this guy in the story can't get away fast enough. It's like, let me out of here now. So yeah, this is a story uh, about denial and avoidance and pretending. It's a story about how people ignore and rationalize. Uh, it's a story about how we cannot deal with things in our lives that do the very opposite of what we want. This is the weird part, you know, because we want to be happy and we want to have peace inside and we want to have conflict-free lives. We want our lives to be meaningful. We want loving relationships and yet we can find ourselves sabotaging these sorts of things. We can find ourselves doing things or saying things that cause us a lot of suffering. So it's just that we find ourselves in this sort of strange dilemma. Jesus would say, you know, I I want all the things that you want. I want that for you too. I want you to have abundant life. I want you to have peace. I want you to have loving relationships. I want you to be, have a freedom, a sense of strength on the inside. I don't want you guilty. I don't want you fearful. I don't want you angry. But Jesus would say, here's the caveat. There is a right way to go about securing this And there is a more common way which appears easier but it's actually going to lead you to a dead end and it doesn't work. And he'll often point out the stuff in our lives that doesn't work. And if we're not ready to deal with the stuff in our life that doesn't work we're um, we're just not going to listen. You know, we're just not going to listen. We're not going to put ourselves in a position where we can hear it either. So here's the account. It's from Matthew uh, 19. It's is sort of this short version. It's also in Mark 10. So the story is, is there was this man who, on the outside, seemed to have it all together because he's the picture of success. He's got plenty of money, got lots of stuff. And he's got whatever all the toys were in Jesus' day. He's got all these toys, right? So he's going to have the right car that he wants or the truck that he wants. He's going to have the right clothes. He's going to have the right holidays and travel and people in his life. He's going to be connected well. There's no shortage of anything. However... He's he's not quite satisfied, and there's something missing. So he's got this, for the lack of a better word, emptiness. And he says he lives a good life. He he says he's he's not doing anything wrong. He's faithful to his wife. He doesn't lie. He's he tries to be kind and look out for others. He looks after his family. Um, but yeah that there's there's something missing. And so he goes to Jesus and he says to Jesus, "Well, is there something that I need to do? What is there some sort of good thing that I need to do so that I can get what you're always talking about? This eternal life, this this abundant life, because remember for Jesus, eternal life was having a good life now. It wasn't just about something that kicks in when we die. He so, said, so is there something good that I should be doing so that I can get this abundant life that, that you talk about, Jesus? And he doesn't have that much insight into himself in some ways. Uh, he, he's, he's... And the reason I say that is, is because he's thinking that everything is all about him. You know, he's saying, you know, I am a good person. I live a good life. I look after my family. You know, I don't uh, lie or cheat or I'm, I'm good to my wife. And it's all really about him. There's, there's no thought of any connection to God at any deep level. He thinks he's good. He thinks he's on the right track. Something's missing. He doesn't know where to find it. He thinks, well, maybe I have to do something else in order to secure what I think that I need because there's something missing. So Jesus listens to all of this, and and it has an interesting phrase, it's an interesting line. It says, Jesus looked at him, and loved him. It's an interesting phrase because. There's nowhere else in the scripture that this is, that line is is spoken. And it's almost like a kind of a transition in the conversation. It's like a moment from, okay, let's just move on from your perception of what being good looks like. And uh, let, let me just. Let me just get to the heart of the matter here of what's going on. Let, let me be honest with you here. Sort of that sort of sense I get, you know, when it's, when Jesus looked at him and loved him, it's like, you know, what I'm going to do now is, it's for your sake. And uh, it's for your benefit. And then he, Jesus gives him this instruction. It's, it's the only time he's ever said this to anyone. He says... I want you to I want you to give away absolutely everything you have I mean everything I want you to give it to the poor and then I want you to come and follow me but first before you can follow me I want you to get rid of every single thing that you own and then I want you to join the group now this man is absolutely shocked, obviously. And he's comp- grieved because he's not going to do it. It's crazy. It's extreme. It's unrealistic. It's not going to happen. And it is interesting that Jesus asked them this because there's plenty other people in Scripture that were rich and had lots of possessions, people like Lydia, for example. And uh, they weren't asked to give up absolutely everything. But in this case... This is what Jesus is saying. No, he said, I want you to give up absolutely everything. Now, what Jesus has done here is that he's exposed the problem. And it's not so much that he's rich. It's the hold that his riches have upon him. It's his attachment, in other words. It's his attachment to his money and his possessions and all his stuff. So on the outside, he's projecting this good life. Uh, He's successful, he's happy, got a good family life. On the inside, there's something missing. The very thing that he thinks he needs, which in this case is his vast... (laughs) All his toys and his money and his possessions... The very things that he thinks he needs are the things that are causing him the inner pain and the emptiness and the yearning for more. And, and Jesus basically points this out by challenging him, saying, if you really want to be fulfilled, you're going to have to let this go. You're going to have to let it all go. It's the only way. No half measures is the only way. And he walks away. This, this young man walks away. The story ends with him walking away. Sad. Because there's no way he's going to do it. No way at all. Now again, here's the, here's the important part of the, with this. the The problem... Isn't his money not his possessions? It's the hold and the grip that it has on his life. It's Jesus is pointing out in his case, this has a hold on you, this has a grip on you, this has a power in your life, and you'll never. Be set free for as long as you are addicted to this. You will never, ever have inner freedom. It's like, well, Jesus, I, I can give you anything, but, but, but not this. Well, you're not going to get any freedom then. Well, well, God, I want more, but don't touch this. Well, right. Yeah. Then he walks away sad. So the, the principle, the spiritual principle in the story is, is that one of the principles is any time we have an area in our lives um, that whether we say it out loud or not is, but if we have an area in our lives which is, I don't want to look at this. I don't want God to touch this. I don't want to think about this. We are in some kind of spiritual trouble or dilemma. There, there is a... Well, the old word actually is bondage, believe it or not. Um, but it's like a um, you're held captive. You're absolutely held captive by this thing. I think the modern words would be more in line of, like, you're completely addicted to this. And uh, again, we're not just talking about money here. Uh, It could be, we could be bound up in anger. We could be bound up in guilt. Uh, We could be bound up in... Disappointment that defines my life. Um, I could be bound up in grief in the sense that I cannot move on from, I I can't move on. I'm stuck in the past. And I can't seem to quite move on from this loss. It's like uh, I'm bound to it in some way. Uh, it could be fear, of course, is, is a common, a common area that that can dominate a life. Um, timidity in the sense of not being able to step forward and say what you need to say and do what you need to do. It's like a hiding of sorts. Um, it's a sense of you'll never really know me because I don't really trust you enough or anyone else to know me. Yeah, that's, a, that's like a, that's, these are all sorts of addictions in a, in, a, in a sense. Now, a lot of this can be kept undercover. Remember I said at the beginning that we have these personas that we uh, put out into the world, Uh, So all of this can be kept undercover. And we can project all sorts of other things, you know, that we are confident, that we are happy, that we do have our lives together. But I think what we find is, in our spiritual growth is, is that Jesus is always taking off the mask and prodding for the deeper issues and problems. It's like, do you want to follow? okay. The only way that you can experience abundant life today is by being set free. There isn't any other way. There isn't any other way. So if there's stuff, if there's things, if there's hurts, if there's wounds uh, that have a hold on you, well, yeah, they do. They, They kind of steal your joy. And with this, with this young man, you know, it's interesting the way that he, Jesus, actually spoke to this young man in a way because, and I think that this is really relevant for us today too. This is, I think this is the way God works with us. When Jesus spoke to him, when he was in the conversation with him, it seems that for Jesus, it's always important for people, us, to come to our own conclusions, about our lives uh, in other words when Jesus spoke to this young man he didn't say so the young man comes up and he says Jesus you know what, what good thing must I do to, to get I don't know rid of this emptiness rid of this restlessness what's missing here Jesus could have said well I'll tell you, what, I'll tell you what's wrong I'll tell you your main problem. He could have said, I'll tell you your main problem. Your main problem's money. That's your main problem. If you'd been direct like that, you know, being direct doesn't always work well. For one thing, when you're very direct, people can get immediately defensive and say, well, it's not money. I don't have any money problems. I, I'm always giving away. I'm a generous person. I give to charities. I give to... Favorite causes, I give to churches, I, I give to friends, I give to kids, I give to. I'm given all the time. So instead of setting up the conversation in such a way, Jesus enters into the conversation so that the young man has to see his own weakness and addiction. Because he's the one, it's the young man that ends up walking away in the end. It's not Jesus that pushes him away, right? It's not Jesus that says, you can't follow because you're addicted to money. No, no, he doesn't do it that way. What he does is he sets up the conversation in such a way that the young man sees his own weaknesses, his own addictions. He sees that the, the power that the success and the wealth and the money has on him and then he decides to walk away. So it's the attachments, basically, that Jesus is, is pointing out. It's the various attachments that we have. And, you know, for yourself, for me, it might not necessarily be money, or, nor possessions, although I do think that they, they mean a lot more to us than what we often think they do. <laughs> you know, it's like, Whatever we have, we certainly don't want to have any less, right? We always seem to always want that little bit more. would be nice. But this is a great, this is a great story, a great account of how God works with us to show us what's holding us back. And it will come up. It will come up for us. You know, we'll find ourselves in situations, maybe at work, maybe in a relationship, um, maybe something happens within the family. These themes will keep coming back. And it's like an area that seems to keep holding us back. Oh, I'm doing this thing again. Oh, I'm feeling this way again what is going on here? Some sort of hold, some sort of attachment that that hasn't quite been let go of. And for this, this particular man in the story, uh, he has the insight, but he doesn't have the will or the desire to make a change, so he withdraws. So he's in that awful place of he kind of knows what he should do he kind of knows what yeah it's probably true you know this desire for success and wealth probably is running the show but he doesn't really want to deal with it so he just withdraws it's like no I'm leaving Uh, so he walks away that's the line in the story he walks Away, And Jesus doesn't go running after him. It's like he lets him walk away. It's like, okay, if you're not ready to deal with this, then you're just not ready to deal with it. So Jesus lets him walk away. It's almost like, okay, come back when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? Yeah. It's worth considering. Yeah, we can get stuck in these dilemmas where we know what's holding us back, but we can't seem to give it up and move on. And so he walks away sad. And, you know, all the others, all the disciples are actually worried about him. And they watch him walk away and they're thinking, this is really a hard teaching I mean, this is, they say to Jesus, like, isn't this like too, too much? I mean, it's, uh, it's, isn't this too hard? And Jesus says, hey, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter heaven. It's like saying, it's easier for a camel. To go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to learn how to depend on God. And the, the disciples are just astounded. It's like, well, what about us then? Who's, what hope do we have? This is too much. I mean, what kind of dependence are you on about here? It's too much yeah, there's dependency on God, and then there's, then there's this stuff that you ask for all, all these. This is like, ah, oh, what, what more do you want? I mean, it's like Jesus says, "Look, for you, there's things that are impossible, not for God. For God, all things are possible. For you, there's certain things that you're never going to fix on your own. There are many you've practiced these for 40 years. Many bad habits, many unhelpful ways of living, thinking, responding. For years and years and years, you've been dominated by your personality, dominated by it. There's many things that are way out of your control. You don't have any strength for it. You can't change without God. But let me tell you something: with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. But the key is, with God, all things are possible. He's walking away sad because he is on his own. He's not asking for God's help. He's unwilling to receive any help at this point in his life. That's why he's walking away sad. But for you, you're following. You're looking to God. You're learning dependence. Yeah, you're on track. God will pull you through. God will pull you through. Yeah. It's a great line, isn't it? For mortals, all sorts of things are impossible. For mortals, but it's like, yeah. Bring God into the story. Bring God into your story. Bring God into your life, your family, your dilemmas. Your emptiness, your worries, that changes everything, because it's not solely up to you to work things out. Yeah, it's a wonderful promise. We need to keep being reminded of it, don't we, that uh, these so much in our lives. Uh, seem impossible to break free from and yet God is saying no it's it's not impossible it's not impossible because I'm with you and I'm going to help you every step of the way so there's the prayer and there's there's the heart cry another reminder of dependence no we can't always change things by ourselves And Jesus would say, and you're not expected to because God is with you. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.